It is so good to see you and be with you. You look good. You smell good. Many of you showered. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you ate Mexican. That's all good. I like some Mexican food. It's very good. Um, but first, before we go anywhere, do anything, I want to say thank you for what you have given to Speed the Light. And you say, well, why does he want to thank us for giving to Speed the Light? Well, let me tell you why. I'll tell you why I'm thankful for Speed the Light. Because tonight, I drove here, Lily, in my Speed the Light vehicle. Yes, I did. And if you so desire tonight, you can go down and take a gander at it. It's a 19, no, it's not a 19. It's a 20, 2018 Ford F-150. Nice big red truck right down. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah. But you can see it right outside. Um, and I want to tell you something about that Speed the Light truck. I've had it for just under five weeks. Okay, just under five weeks, I've already put over 5,000 miles on it. I have seen over 700 students and leaders trained to share Jesus. In one school, we've handed out over 500 student fire Bibles. And in one school assembly or our seven project, we've seen over 60 students give their life to Christ. In five weeks. And because of your giving to Speed the Light, you've all been with me. You've been a part of that. Helping, training, sharing Jesus, handing out Bibles, all of that has happened because of what you've given to Speed the Light. You've been a part of that. And that vehicle has been an incredible blessing to be able to not have to worry about it breaking down, not have to worry about it towing a trailer, because i got to tow a big trailer full of audio-visual equipment for our school assemblies. And in two weeks, we're going to be doing some more school assemblies. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you give to Speed the Light. It makes a difference for myself as a missionary, and then gives me the ability to share Jesus all over the state of Missouri. Who is this guy? His name's Brad Keller. What's he doing? Why is he talk like that? Well, I'm a farm boy. That's why I talk like that. But I w- make sure and look me up on the Instagram, B-R-A-D-L-Y-K-E-L-L-E-R. I'll be posting some pics from tonight. Obviously, I want to say thanks to one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Pastor Jeremy, whom I've known since I was a wee small boy. Uh, and obviously his wife, Kristen, been great friends for many years since way back in the southwest Missouri days. And uh, then I obviously say thanks to uh, Lily, Theo, and Jackson for being here tonight. PKs are important to me. Uh, you guys, uh, as pastors, kids in this church, um, you are difference makers, and I'm proud that you're here tonight. And uh, some of you, I could go around and talk about how long I've known some of you since you were small people. Uh, some of you have known your parents before they were married. Uh, and I just, I know a lot of people here. So it's awesome to be here tonight. Megan, I've known since she was knee high to a grasshopper. So um, that's just, I feel like I'm home here tonight. David, I've known you. You used to watch me when I was a baby. <laughs> no, that's a lie. <laughs> I was three. So <laughs> just kidding. I want to tell you, though, why I do what I do. He's 
Why is he a missionary? Why does he do this? Does he have a problem? No, I don't have a problem. But here's why I do what I do. Because I, I believe in you. I do. I believe in you. I believe that God wants to use you. He can and he will use this generation of students to radically see change in their friends, in their schools, in their communities, in their home, and in their worlds. In this room tonight, I know that there are difference makers in the Kansas City, Missouri area. You're like, uh, how can he know that? How does he know they are difference makers? You know why? Lily, why? Because I serve a difference making God. I serve a difference-making God. A God that changes hearts. A God that changes lives. And God wants to use you in the back row to be the change. Josh, yes, I'm talking to you. He wants to use you to be the change with your friends. He wants to use you to be the change in your school. He wants to use you to be the change in your world. He wants to use you. Can I be honest with you tonight? Honestly, this. I have never audibly, what does that mean? Out loud. I've never audibly heard the voice of God. I mean, do I hope someday that I hear God speak to me and say, go to Africa. Well, maybe not go to Africa. But someday, do I hear before I reach heaven, I want to hear God's voice. But if I don't, God speaks to us in a different way. Maybe you will hear God speak to you audibly someday. Maybe he's spoken to you audibly already. But how God speaks to me is he impresses on my heart. He impresses and he speaks to me in that way. About a year and a half ago, God impressed on me. He spoke to me. And he said, Brad, now is the moment. Now is the time. You see, the door is just a little bit open. And it is time to encourage students and empower students and leaders to begin to push the door open so that they can begin to share Jesus with their friends. They can open the door to Jesus in the lives of those that are around them and begin to make a difference, not because of who they are, but because of who Jesus is in them. It's time. That's on me. God spoke to me. And so tonight I'm here to encourage you to push harder, to do more. To do more for God than you've ever done before. To allow God to speak to you. To allow God to use you. To allow God to do things through you that you never have thought of. That maybe you've never dreamed of. All you got to do is say, yes, God, use me. Yes, God, use me. So tonight, we're going to continue to look at this powerful story of David. And the focus tonight is the moment that David walks down in a valley to face the giant Goliath. I don't know how Goliath talked, but you always imagine, you know, he's he's a big dude. 
you know, bigger than Rex. I mean, he makes Rex look small. I mean, that's pretty impossible. And so I don't know. I, I don't imagine that he talked like this, you know, with a high. He was really rumbly. That's how a giant talks. Now, we know this about David, that he was faithful in the small things. He understood that his best chance at winning against Goliath is being the man God created him to be. And now he's walking down in the valley in full confidence that God's going to use him. Here's the big idea that David was not the underdog. But maybe Goliath was the underdog. If David didn't carry the bread and cheese, he would have never met Goliath. If he hadn't, if he would have put on Saul's armor and faced him head on, he probably would have been killed. And every step in this story, it screams that David was on his way to a win because he was humble, because he was himself, and he was hopeful. He had confidence not in himself, but in God. And tonight, I want to challenge you with that thought, to have confidence in God. Our lives, mine and yours, demand no less but to step out and have faith that God can use us. Tonight, we're going to look at a scripture. You've probably looked at it already in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 41 through 51. If you have your scripture, if you have your Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. Go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel 17, 41. We're going to read through 51. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. Now understand this. I've never heard Goliath speak, but here's what I think he sounded like. Yo, am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the animals. Goliath yelled, and David replied, remember, he was a Jew. You come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. That's a pretty bold statement. (laughs) And I will give you the dead bodies of your men to the birds of the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Woo! David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag. Taking out a stone. He hurled it in his sling and hit the Philistine, Goliath, in the forehead. The stone sank in. <laughs> And Goliath stumbled and fell. I don't, maybe it sounded like that. I don't know. And David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled the, we saw it in the video. He pulled Goliath's sword and he used it and cut off his head. That's in the Bible. Okay, that ain't making it up. First Samuel chapter 17, you go, I don't, I don't, <laughs> that's kind of a gory story. 
Yep, yeah, you need to pick it up and read it. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. Now, here's the story. This is the paraphrase. Well, this is my version. Here we go. Now, two, it was thousands of years ago, there was no cell phone service, okay? <gasps> oh, my goodness, how can I live without a cell phone? There, there was not only no cell phone service, there was no television. Ugh. There was no internet, worldwide webs. There was no radio. There was, there, there was no newspapers. So how people got their news is they had to send someone out to go find it. To go to the place where the news was happening. And that's what Jesse David's dad sent him off with some bread and cheese and said, go find out some news. See what's going on. I want to hear about the war. What's happening? And that's when David comes along with his bread and cheese and humbly comes and he hears some stories about what's going on. So next thing you know, David is meeting with King Saul. What? King Saul? So you say like, well, how come David wasn't there as a soldier? Well, let me tell you why. History tells us this. You were not able to be a soldier in the army of Israel till you were about 15, 16 years old. So we know that David's a middle school boy. Okay? Maybe David was like me. When I was in middle school, I was a late bloomer. You know, so I was a short little pumpkin. And so, <laughs> pumpkin, and I say because I was a pumpkin. And so, you know... <laughs> And so we know David's a middle school boy and he is there and he's ready and he's listening and he hears that King Saul needs somebody to go fight in a battle. And he goes up to the king and go, I'm ready. He's like, <laughs> King Saul's like, what? Now, earlier in the story, Goliath throws down and he says, yo, you send somebody out here. And if I win, the armies of Israel become our slaves. And if the Israelite soldier wins, we will become your slaves. So, you know what I'm saying? Here's what's happening. So, why on earth does King Saul send a middle school boy out to fight a giant? Do you know that Goliath is one of the largest recorded humans in history? History. He's well over nine feet tall. He's a massive man. And... It's, it is said in the scripture, in this story, that this, the, the point of Goliath's spear is 15 pounds. Just the point of his spear. What crazy. It is a crazy moment. And here goes David out to fight Goliath. One of the most difficult things to do when you're waiting to change the world is this. Now, if you're a... I wanted to tell you something right now. Note takers are history makers. So if you can write some stuff down, you're going to make a little history. All right? So here we go. Take some notes. Make a difference in your life. One of the most difficult things to do when you are waiting to change the world is to trust God. And be fearless. One of the most difficult things to do when you are waiting to change the world is to trust God and be fearless. Number one, whatever you fear becomes your God. You're like, 
Whatever you fear becomes your God. Whatever you give glory to in your life will have power in your life. Whatever you fear. The Israelites' fear gave glory to Goliath. Because he was a monstrosity. They feared Goliath more than they allowed God, their faith in God to give glory to God. So whatever you give glory to in your life will have power over your life. But you see, David had an advantage. David had an advantage. He knew that the giant isn't as big as he seems, number two. Now, what are you talking about? The giant isn't as big as he seems. You ever seen the quarter thing? The quarter illustration, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, here. Quarter, it's not really that big, is it? No. But you put this quarter right here. I can't see anybody. Because it's right in front of me. It's all I'm focused on. It's all about perspective. And sometimes we get focused on things in our life that it's all we see. It's all that we're looking at. It's all that we're focused on. And so it seems gigantic. It seems that we will never be able to overcome. Just a little quarter. It's all about perspective. David had a different perspective. He thought differently about the Goliath, the massive man, he had not a Goliath perspective, but he had a God perspective. He wasn't focused on the problem. He knew what God could do. He knew what God could do. You see, Goliath's protection was his armor. But David's protection was God's living word. The giant was a man, but David served God. When Goliath (laughs) wouldn't shut up about his power, David wouldn't shut up about God's power. The roar produced by a strong walk with God will always drown out the roar of the enemy. Let me say that one more time. Write it down. The roar produced by a strong walk with God will always drown out the roar of the enemy. You see, Goliath trusts in his armor, but but David trusts in God. Goliath's covering is fear, but David's covering is faith. Goliath's covering is worldly, but David's covering is heavenly. Goliath's universe is centered on himself, but David's universe is centered on God. He trusts God. He doesn't have a Goliath perspective. He has a God perspective. Giants are strong and powerful, number three. Giants are strong and powerful, but sometimes the shepherd boy has a sling in his pocket and he knows how to use it. The only two people that saw David as more than a comeback story was himself and God. To many watching this story, you're going to see, oh, David, he's like the underdog. Goliath's going to win. 
It's no big deal. Goliath's going to win. He's huge. Everyone except David and God knew that the odds were stacked against Goliath. God and David both knew it. Here we are. Here comes David and here, Goliath, all of a sudden, he's kind of lumbering. He's like a freight train. Nobody can stop him. Nothing can stop this 500-pound beast of a nine-foot man. Imagine trying to stop Rex. Whoa, this guy's even bigger than that boy. He's got a spear in his hand. It's got a 15-pound point on it. It's like, it's like a post. He's ready to throw it. And David starts running right at him. A middle school boy. What? is going on. And David takes a stone, puts it in his sling, knocks him out. All because David was faithful with a little loaf of bread and some cheese. And he was willing to take hold of the calling. That God had for him. Not just to be the shepherd. But to be the king of the Israelites. David had a God perspective. That we all must have. As the worship team comes back up. Sometimes we get so focused. Sometimes we get so focused on what may seem as a huge problem. But in reality, in God's perspective, it's almost nothing. I don't know where you are at on your journey with Jesus tonight. I don't know where your perspective is tonight. But I just want to take just a moment and I want everybody to bow their heads. I want everybody to close their eyes. Because here's, here's reality, folks. Sometimes we need to check our perspective. Sometimes we need to check how we are seeing ourselves, how we are seeing our own life. And maybe right now, as you look at your own life and as you look at yourself, you realize that you can't do it on your own. You need to have that God perspective. How do you do that? You ask Jesus to step into your life and have a relationship with him. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to ask you to do something uncomfortable or do something like that. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple tonight in response to this question. In just a few moments, I'm going to just ask you to raise your hand very simply and say, yes, I need Jesus in just a few moments. But as you look at your life and your connection and relationships, are you connected to God? Is God a part of your life? Have you asked Jesus into your life? 
do you need a change of perspective right now? Do you need that God perspective in your life? Do you need to ask Jesus into your life? If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If that's you tonight, I just want you to lift up your hand and say, Brad, that's me. I need to ask Jesus into my life. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Anybody else tonight? Then you need to ask Jesus into your life. In a moment of honesty between you and me and God, if that's you, just lift up your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put your hands down. And we're just going to pray a prayer together tonight. Listen, understand this. There's no magical words that you can pray. But it is this, that you accept that Jesus Christ is God's son. And you ask him into your life. You believe that Jesus died on a cross that he sacrificed, that he gave everything that he could give for us. And then he died. But here's the great thing. Here's the awesome news. And we all know this because of the Easter story. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and he lives today. And we believe that and we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is the Lord of our lives. When we do that, the Bible says that as we ask Jesus to forgive our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of those sins. And what is a sin? It means the wrong things, the choices, the, sep the things that separate us from God is sin. And we're going to pray a prayer together, and it's not about the words that I say tonight, but it's about the fact that you mean it in your heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I know tonight that I have made mistakes. I know that in my journey of life, I've gone on paths that I shouldn't have. I've made choices that I shouldn't have. I've had relationships. I've done things that I shouldn't have. But right now, Lord, I just confess to you those things. And I ask your forgiveness of those things in my life. And I believe, Jesus, that you died for me that you died for all of those things so that I can ask for your forgiveness. But even more than that, I believe that you rose again and that I can have a relationship with you. Lord, I give you my life right now. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Everyone looking up, if you prayed that prayer tonight and you meant it in your heart, then the Bible tells us you are a new creation. You're brand new. You're cleaned up from the inside out. Not because of who you are, but because of who God is. You have a new perspective tonight. If you'd all stand with me right now. I want us all just to move forward right now. I want to give you one 
a couple of other things to think about. You see, we all lose focus in our lives. We all lose perspective about what's important, what really matters. And the fact is this, we need a God perspective in our lives. We need to look at people through God's eyes. We need to see people through God's eyes. We need to be fearless like David. Sometimes <laughs> we look at ourselves and say, you know what? I, I, I can't be used by God. And you start throwing out excuses. But you know what? In your weakness, God can make you strong. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, I, I've got lots of issues. I've got things going on. And I, and I know that I want God to use me. I know that God needs to use me where I'm at. You guys have a miracle night coming up. It's going to be baptisms. And you are going to give $10,000 to speed the light. You're like, I can't, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. But through God, you can. God wants to use you to change lives through giving. So be fearless, be brave, be bold. God wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of those that are around you.